Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 169. Nice. I'm back in the UK. Hi. How are you, pal? You good? <laughs> good are you? I'm all right. I'm not too bad. Good. Just like that, I've done another trip to the US. It was fun. Yep. You didn't miss much, honestly. No. I don't want to be there anyway. Good. Um, today's episode, honestly... We've got too much to talk about. Yeah, sometimes we start a podcast and we've got a few little nuggets here and there and we kind of uh, freestyle it, don't we, willy-nilly. This is arguably, you know, like when you get um, a Subway, which ironically we've got on coming after this podcast, and it's almost too full of meatballs. And you want your meatballs, you paid for your meatballs, you want extra meatballs, but it's almost too full, it's hard to digest. I think we could have brought out three different podcasts this week. Yeah. Almost a podcast for each one of the topics we've charged thrice. Um in today's topic, or in today's episode, um, in a minute we're going to t- touch on America. Yes. And I might have a few little few little cheeky surprises <laughs> under Exciting. my desk. That's what um, she said. <laughs> what, she surprised? Um, it was a surprise. And then um, we're going to talk about the drama of the Buddy Swilkin Bridge. Yes. Bryson DeChambeau, no longer with Cobra. Yes. Shock, shock. That is huge news. You've seen from the title of this video, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, and the thumbnail, if you're listening, I'm sure you've seen the title. Massive news on Bryce I'm going to come on to. We're also going to talk about your friend of mine, Dan Gavins. Yep. Trying his best to throw a tournament away. That was insane. But managing to hold on. We'll talk about that as well. Um, also, I know you're a bit jealous of this, and I think many people listening might be jealous. I've watched all of the episodes... Of Full Swing, the new Netflix documentary. I am jealous. A Full Swing is available to us, Mia. Um, what 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 am I class? What do you class people as? You've not seen it yet. Vermin. <laughs> us vermin. Us normal folk who have to wait for Netflix things to come out to the public. Yeah, you Net- got to watch it early. Netflix reached out to me and said, "Would you like early access?" I went, "Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I do." So, for those people listening, watching who aren't sure of Full Swing, we did touch on it a couple of weeks ago. It's that new documentary, which obviously you'll tell us much more about without any spoilers, ideally. Although most it can't really be spoiled, can it? Because a lot of things have happened in in life. Yeah, the should events. we talk about it now? Actually, go on then. Tease me with this. So it's eight episodes, right? They're roughly between thirty-eight minutes and fifty minutes. Okay, okay, and. It's very much in the same ilk as the F1. Drive to survive. Yeah. Great point. Um, each episode follows the lives of either one tour player or many times two tour players. And often when they follow two tour players, it's almost like they're at very different points in their lives. Okay. Now, without giving too much away, but I, I do think I can talk about it. <laughs> <Thank> um, <laughs> this podcast might never see the light of day. Um for, the, for example, the first one is called Frenemies, and it's all about the story of Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. 
Nice. That was a really interesting because they're like competitors, but they're mates. Mm. That was really good. You've got Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler. So again, that's another episode where Brooks Kepka has been at the peak mm-hmm. and he's kind not saying he's on his demise. I don't want to get kicked out of any Since nightclubs. This is beef again. with you. I don't want to get getting kicked out of any nightclubs again. But yeah, he's he's obviously won up four majors and then kind of like struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm where you've got Scottish Sheffler come out of nowhere and he's winning majors left, right, yeah. and centre. So it's it's really, really interesting. Um, I watched it also with my wife. Did she watch them all with you? Not all of them, because I watched a couple in America. We got early access in America, and then I watched the rest of them pretty much the last two days I've binged. I wanted to get her perspective of someone who really, truth be told, isn't into golf at all. Did it change her perception? She, I don't, I, I worry, it didn't change her perception of golf mm-hmm. as a sport okay i don't think now watching it it's going to bring that many new people into the world of golf right okay that's that's my honest opinion right now but it really connects you to the to the people that they feature yeah like suddenly now i know a lot more about all these different tour players yeah i suppose in in a way then that might if you if you are a kind of just a, a sports fan who's not a huge golf fan who decides to watch it's on netflix netflix which hopefully lots of people will do and it will shine some more eyes on the sport we all love if you do start to get behind a Scottish Scheffler or Brooks or whoever it might be, that may then give you the incentive to watch a few of the tournaments that they're playing in. You might have a bit of a favourite. Possibly, yeah. You, you actually, you're probably right with that, actually. Yeah. Because, for example, I know your wife started watching Drive to Survive. She loved it. and But she's got into the F1 She's after. actually started watching F1, even without me. We'll come home on like a Sunday or whatever. She'll want to put the F1 on. And is that because she's following her favourite driver now? I think it's a little bit of both. I think she, she got behind some of the drivers and started to kind of, I think she quite likes Lewis Hamilton and a few of the drivers, but it was also that she kind of understood the sport a bit more because I was the same. It sounds silly and people who are hardcore F4, F1 fans will probably cringe at this, but I just thought it was just cars whizzing around the track. I didn't really understand the whole thing of it. Once you have some very basic knowledge, and that's all I've got, very, very basic knowledge, you do understand the the sport a bit more. And it's like that for golf people. I'm sure everybody knows that golf is getting a ball into a hole. That's as simple as that. But once you start understanding the rules a bit more, the uh, importance of some of the tournaments, the different tours that there obviously are, which I know is explained quite a lot in this programme, the golfers, their personalities. I think golf is one of the sports where you probably show your personality the least, don't you, really? Yeah. So to actually see people's personalities, I think we'll draw some new fans in, hopefully. It def- definitely made me connect with golfers, the, the ones that feature differently. Mm. Like, I've got stronger opinions about those golfers. Off the back of watching it, name me two or name me three guys from it that you would love to get on either the podcast or in a 10-shot challenge with yourself now. One million percent, Tony Fino. Tony. Big Tony. He's just the best. He comes across as a nice guy in the stuff I have seen. It's better than that. Do you see his family? He's got quite a lot of kids, hasn't he? He's got five kids. Wow. His whole background, his upbringing, everything. Like it's that is that was one of the most fascinating episodes of the whole series. Um, my wife loves him. Yeah, like thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. And, and again, I suppose that now if I flicked on golf on the weekend, I was watching on the TV. She'd probably ask me, exactly. "How's Tony getting yeah. on?" Because she's now got a fa- she has got a favorite. Yeah, um, so that episode was brilliant. Uh, Joel Damon. Okay, yeah, that was a really interesting story. Like he's such a journeyman, he doesn't really seem to care he's just <laughs> I'm u- excited for this. but just like uber talented yeah they really touch on live like in a, that, that in a is, negative way or does it do you see positives as well um you get you get to hear the opinion of players who move to live you i think you get a much more uh candid honest opinion of why they move to live money yeah time yeah but but i don't think that always gets out in the press does it 
you know, sometimes when they do a press conference, I think they're a bit guarded. I think what's weird about it is everybody knows, let's be honest, that players that have gone to live have gone for money and they've gone for time. That's the two reasons, isn't it? There's no really other reason to go as far as I can think of. But yeah, not many guys, a handful have, not many have come out and actually said it as simple as that, have they? They've said, oh, the format, ex- format excites them and all this stuff, when really it's not that, is it? They would have played three days of stroke play if that's what it was, just normal, well, it is stroke play, you know what I mean, normal tea times, everything like that, or four days, whatever. Um, but yeah, if, if guys are coming out and being honest about it, I think you almost respect them more for just being honest. Yeah. The one thing I was hoping they would do, they followed the, the life a little bit about Joel Damon's... Um, relationship with his best friend who is his caddy you get a bit of that story i would have probably wanted a bit more of that a bit mm. more of like the background of events yeah like what's you know even just an episode all about caddies yeah. or an episode all about manufacturers and tour trucks that would have been good i, I think there's the, that and again i'm not sure if, if the f1 touched on that a little bit but it seems so much focused on each episode was a new player. Well, that was one thing in the F1. You only watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, of that, I didn't, didn't watch you? loads. You did actually see a lot about the the car um, manufacturers. Is that the right yeah. term? Um, you got to see the like head office, the history behind them all. Maybe the cars are a bigger deal in F1 than well, golf are. clubs are, I suppose, in, in golf. But still, that would have been quite nice to, to see some of that. We are going to touch on, again, Bryson and some of his golf clubs later in this podcast. I'm very excited to get stuck into that. I would have loved to have seen a Bryson episode. Yeah. I'm not sure if he was ever tipped to be on it. I'm not sure. And I genuinely, t- they touched on Tiger almost in every single episode. I would have loved ti- a Tiger episode. Oh, that would be. Just in his house, chilling. and Because and, I do think the way that they shot the, the documentary, you really do get in. You, you feel like you're part of their house. Yeah. It's amazing, actually. It's, they've, they've done a really good job. Netflix have done a great job. How much it's going to grow the sport, I, I don't know yet. Again, watching it, watching it, my wife, who's non-golfer, she definitely found more time for fans. She really liked Ian Poulter. Right, And yeah. she really liked um, uh, Tony Fee now. And I think because they're such family men. Yeah. You know, so maybe she doesn't know that about certain type of golfers. I think it's a win-win because obviously this program isn't really designed to to, to bring new golfers to the game. It's it's been brought to Netflix to to obviously have a lot of eyeballs and make Netflix more money, I guess, or make people who have Netflix services perceive value that they're getting more content, obviously streamed on the um, TVs, etc. If you're a golfer, there's a good chance you're going to watch it. From your small review there, it sounds pretty good. Rates out of 10? I think Series 1 is a... Strong eight point seven out of ten. Perfect. So it's for I golf season two, could they could be. bring in Tiger, Bryson, ten. ten, and have me as a presenter. <laughs> ten. Oh nine. Netflix. I've gone down. Bryson got me up. Netflix. Oh, that sounds. <laughs> 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 so Bryson and Tiger got me up. You brought me right back down again. Netflix. Yeah. Bring me season two. We'll be bringing you in a minute saying, Rick, you weren't you're under NDA. You're not supposed to talk about the series. I've, I must admit, I've been a kid in the sweet shop getting like early access. I'm like, this is so cool. But yeah, no, it's really, really good. Well, from a golfer's point of view, if you think it's an 8.7 out of 10, it sounds good. Hopefully some non-golfers like your wife will watch it, will enjoy it. will start to see some of the golfers as more than just golfers, as personalities, as nice people. It sounds like a bit of a win-win for everybody. Talk to me about America, though. So the last time we spoke, I was just about to go out to Bay Hill. Yes. These break 75s are going to be coming soon. Bay Hill's the hardest golf course I've ever played in my life. And he still breaks 75s or 95s? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. It was breaking Rick Shields episodes. Um, Bay Hill. So I, I had the pleasure of playing with Arnold Palmer's son-in-law. Nice. I got to meet Amy Palmer. If she's, I think she's actually got a different name now, but uh, Arnold Palmer's daughter. Wow. We got to go into the um, office of Arnold Palmer. Oh, my word. 
which has hardly not it's hardly changed. He wouldn't let us film in there respectfully and understandably. I got to sit in his chair. Oh my gosh. And I got to sign the visitor book. Um Bay Hill as a as a venue is incredible. It's bloody hard. Like honestly, guy, I'm not not exaggerating this. If you're off the fairway, and I played off the bat bat tees like seven thousand five hundred yards, if you miss the fairway, it's hard to find your golf ball. Ouch. The rough is is not it's not deep, but it's so thick. thick. Like they they were showing me the grass, they were pulling up the grass and and like every single strand of grass was like multiplied by five. Like it was like five strands of grass every blade. So that was really good. So that's coming out. So we did. We managed to get Isleworth with uh, Ryan Ruffles. That's going to be cool. Which I think I spoke about last podcast. Sawgrass, Bay Hill, and then another really exciting video where I surprised a few fans from the USA. Talking about surprises, though, guy. <laughs> Segwayed in nicely. I brought some gifts back. Oh, this is my favourite part of the show. You can go to America every week for me if you want. I'm going to give you permission, Rick. We'll do remote podcasts and then the week after you bring me back presents. To the point where we had to buy another suitcase to, to come home. Wow. We bought so much stuff. Okay. <laughs> where do you want to start with this? Um, start at the worst and build me up. Okay. We bought some things for the office. Okay. So I want strictly what... Tell me what's mine and what's not mine because I don't want to think someone's mine if it's not. <laughs> well... For people listening, make yeah, you sure need to you watch, watch yeah, the YouTube watch video the on video. this. So we got Giddy, okay, and I bought a couple of things in a sports shop, okay. which is going to be in the office, and okay. we've all become now American. Why is Sam smirking behind the camera so much? So first thing. Oh, um, that's pretty cool. American football, like, like a mini that. one. Okay. like that. Second thing. <laughs> this is a second-hand baseball glove wow. and second-hand baseball. Why second-hand? Just because it's already broken It'll in a bit? It'll come into another story in a minute. Okay. Because we had a friend that took us to a second-hand shop, obviously. Okay, yeah. Stack golf. Yeah. Right, you ready? Yeah. Am I throwing it to you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Good catch. Thanks, I've been practicing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's for the office, okay? Okay, yeah, great. The ball, football's really good. Well, yeah, the American football's really I've good. I've got a few other things for the office and I'll come on to your presence. Okay. Football's really nice. For the office? Player's flag. Very nice. Okay, so that might be in here or okay. might be in the actual editing suite. Harry, is on me? Look at that. It's very good. Also for the editing, for the podcast. Oh, lovely. A little Bay Hill flag. Oh. And for the table. Oh, wow. Bay Hill. We've got Bay Hill coasters. They are going to be on this table. <laughs> okay. The audience like, yes. Brilliant. Do you want your bits? Yeah, please. Where I'll start with this. I'm nervous. <laughs> how many bits are there all together for me so I know what to how many to expect? Five. Five <laughs> 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 presents. Right. Um, let's start. Did I get more than your children from your America trip? Yeah, they only got one present. Yes. <laughs> My wife only got one present. Uh, right. So first place we went to was Isleworth. Okay. Okay. Oh, let's have a look. I got you some, not all of these, but you okay. can take your pick. Oh, wow. And then the rest of them are going to be for the lads. Um, I, I saw you in that, personally. So we've got some Isleworth caps. We've got some TPC Sawgrass oh, wow. hats. They are sick. I paid for all this, by the way. Um, Okay, so take, I'll take one of each. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And then some that Bay Hill hats. Oh, wow. Oh, that. that. Oh. Yeah. Done. That's they're it. all there's a certain vibe for me where they're like black, like black or dark grey. Take those other ones back. 
So yeah, you've got Squan. Black or dark grey. Black or dark grey. Quite simple logo on the front. They're a bit of me then. So you've got three presents there. <laughs> a hat from Isleworth, a hat from Bay wow. Hill, it's and like a hat a bin. from Sawgrass. Okay. Yeah. So when, when you go to drive range next, just stick your Bay Hill, Hill, uh, Bay Hill hat on. And they go, oh, you played Bear Hill? Just go. No. I've heard the rough really thick. <laughs> rough really thick. That's all you need to say. Uh, some really nice hats there. Thank you very much. Presents continue. <laughs> oh. Oh, I've got, you've got six presents. Oh, my God. This is good. Right, you've got seven presents. What the hell? I've got you a pencil from both Isleworth and Okay, not quite, not quite as good, but I still <laughs> appreciate it. It's really nice. Oh, they're premium, though. They're not just any pencil. Right, now also, I'm going to take a seat for this. I've got one more final present, which actually wasn't from me, but I'm going to claim it. Okay. Um, you mentioned before, we, when we went to America... Yes. I've lost my breath a bit. Not that, <laughs> I'm not, it's emotional, right? <laughs> I'm not getting emotional. Um, in the UK at the moment, you cannot buy this drink. In okay. fact, it's going up in value ridiculously. Okay. And I'm proud that two YouTubers <laughs> have created such an incredible brand... So I brought you some... Oh, very pie. nice. <laughs> very and nice. this is the energy drink. Oh, wow. That is a bit of me. Now, the problem is I want one of them. Okay. And I think I want this one. Okay, that's fine. Tropical Punch. Which you give me whatever you want me Tropical to have. Tropical Punch. Can I test it live on air? And it could be a good short. Go on, then we'll do it. Rick Shields review Test Prime. Harry, get ready for a short for this. You ready? Okay. So I'm going to go Prime. You go first. Get the camera on you first, and I'll do it. Orange Mango. This is, this is what it's come down to. We said we had an action-packed episode for you today. So Prime Orange Mango Energy Drink. It's okay. cold as well. They weren't even in the fridge. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God! That's amazing! <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Um, that's actually really nice. Is it? Yeah, genuinely. Okay, Harry, you on me? So I've got... Um, oh, the TV's gone off at the back. Um, I've just spat the drink everywhere. Can we fix the TV at the back? We need a coaster. <laughs> the coaster. If, if we only had any coasters... Um, shall I go now, Harry? Do you want to keep that? Yeah, that TV. Does it matter? Uh, I'll go now. So I've got. Um, hi, I'm, I'm Guy Charnock. Welcome to the Rick Shields Golf Show channel. If you just come here to see my Prime review, thank you. I'm going to try the Prime Energy uh, Tropical Punch, as brought to you by Logan Paul and KSI. Oh, nice! That, that was oh, good, wasn't it? That was really good. Are you ready? Yeah, it smells good. Nice. Yeah, very, very nice, to be you need, fair. You need, a, you need a Bay Hill Any coaster. sugar in that? No sugar? Mmm. That's actually really good. So, hey, I, ooh, I could say hey all the time. Might be a bit, one more taste. Prime, by the way, if you want to sponsor that the podcast. really good. If you want to sponsor the podcast, this is what it could look like. Okay? If that was in the shops in the UK readily available, and it was like 150 a can, I'd probably get it most days. I think, Cheers. I, think, I, think this, Cheers. I think this looks good right now. <laughs> we are actually adver- trying to pitch for advertisement here by Logan Paul and KSI. Well, thank right. you very much. Doesn't end. Wow. Is this just the start? Doesn't end. Right. <clears throat> when we're over in the US of A, in Orlando to be specific, we collaborated with Stack Golf. Yes. I mentioned it last week on the podcast, didn't I? Um, I'm, I can't remember if we did or not. I'm, I'm a bit lost. Proud well, onto my head. I did. And... Uh, the video of theirs has gone out now, mm. where they take me thrift shopping, okay? So you go around to all these charity shops. That's where we bought the, the ball and the glove as well. Right. From a charity shop, like yes. a, a used uh, sports shop. Um, bought loads of golf clubs, went to a driving range. The video's banged on. 
<laughs> when you're trying to tell a story and the prime comes back up. <laughs> Sorry. This is this has gone is this alcoholic? Is it <laughs> <laughs> um so we went shopping, um we went to a driving range and at the end of the driving range, um we gave away the clubs. It was really good. The video's killing it on their channel. Make sure you check it out. Uh, because actually we give the clubs away in that video. I take a few of them anyway. So at the end of that video, we get to the car park and John and Asher go, oh, Rick, got a present for you. Yep. Oh, thanks, <laughs> guys. That's really nice here. They gave me, I've actually not brought it, a Scotty Cameron. Oh, my days. Like an unbelievable Scotty Cameron. I'm like, wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. The day after, we met them again, okay, and they brought two more Scotty Camerons, okay? One of them was for Sam, cameraman. One of them was for Matt, yep. the cameraman. So, um, very nice. I mean, unbelievable. John and Ashley, superstars. However, there was one person missing. <laughs> Harry. Oh, <Harry. laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry didn't get anything. Um, so, I spoke to John and Ashley. I said, do me a solid. Do you happen to have any more of those Scotty Camerons floating around? <laughs> For a certain co-host of a podcast who can't make it because he's just had a baby. I mean, I have bigged them up on the podcast. I actually think I got you on to Stacked Golf originally, so they do owe me a little bit. Well, <laughs> in return, they brought you a present wow. all the way oh from my the days. USA. Drum roll, please. I'm excited and nervous. I'm trying to find something really rubbish below the <laughs> desk. To, you ready? Shut yep. your eyes. Okay, the short. Shut your eyes, put your Don't arms out. Don't watch the can. Oh, it's a steel shaft. Open. Oh. <laughs> they gave you a Scotty Cameron. Oh, my days. That is sick. How cool is that? That is so good. So it's like a, is it oh like a Laguna? Word. It style? is. So if you're listening, you need to come and watch the podcast. It's a Scotty Cameron. It's like a gunmetally finished, the Circa 62, model number one. I remember these coming out. Wow. And it's a Scotty, he- uh, the Scotty Cameron head cover. I can't even speak. I'm shaking. That is sick. How good oh, is that? Wow, thank you. John and Ashley, thank you so much. That is absolutely awesome. That so now lovely. we've all got one, apart from Harry. Yeah, forget Harry. How nice is that? So much. That is really if you've not checked out Stacked Golf, I'm sure you have after Rick's recent video with them. Go and check them out and just say, Guy really likes you. Thank you so much. Well, there's some presents. Right, let's get all these off the desk. Okay, let's get all stuck this rubbish in. Off. All this rubbish. <laughs> um so yeah. Nice little shopping trip for you. you. Can go away more often, Rick. Thank you. Um, my wife's, I bring. I brought my wife home a bot. Uh, um, what do you call it? A box. Basically, a Toblerone. Oh, what do okay. you call it? It's it's not a pack, is it? A, a, what an actual Toblerone. What would you call it? I just said you got them a Toblerone. A Toblerone. I got my wife a Toblerone. You got all those those nice goodies. Wow. Thank you so much. Well, what, um, I want a nice start to the podcast, but let's get stuck into the absolute. Um, I don't know what I was going to say then. That was the starter. That was the start. This is the main course. Yes. Um, well, first things first. Yesterday, um, we saw, as you said at the start, a guy who actually has been on the channel. A lot of people might not realise this. So Dan Gavins, or Daniel Gavins, uh, won on the DP World Tour. And he won by one stroke. So a lot of people, that might not be a story. But the way he went about winning the tournament was absolutely insane. I, um, as I've said on many, many podcasts... Don't watch loads and loads of golf. I'm trying to watch a bit more recently. And yesterday I put the golf on and he was on the 16th hole and he had a couple of shots leading. 
Um, we know Dan because when we went to um, the European Tour qualifying school back in 2018, we did a little mini documentary. It's actually on the channel. Uh, I suggest going to have a watch of it. It was quite good. Um, and we, we chose about five or six guys to kind of focus on their journey of trying to qualify for the European Tour, some of which got their tour card, some of which didn't. And the reason we filmed with Dan, we didn't know him at all at the time, was that he was one of the guys that had no caddy and he was pulling a pull trolley. And it just looked kind of quite, not so much funny, but quite like there's something nice about it, something really kind wholesome. of wholesome that he was there on his own. I think he was actually on his own, didn't have any friends or anything with him. Um, obviously, he would have been friends with some of the other golfers, but in Spain, trying to battle to get his tour card. And he actually got his tour card, and we went out for McDonald's with him and all this stuff, and it was really funny. And I think even at that point, he'd feature on a few golf mates' videos. Yeah, so Liam from Golf Mates has got a great channel. He he was, had he already on? Not sure if he had at the yeah, time. Yeah, I do think he Maybe had. he had. But anyway, Liam from Golf Mates has obviously done lots with Dan. Liam's caddied for Dan as well. Did, did he even win when Liam yes, was on the back? Correct. So those guys are very close. I know he's been on a few other channels oh, as well. We talked about it on the podcast um, when he won. When, yes. when Liam caddied for Dan Gavins in Ireland and they won, where at that time he posted a really early clubhouse yeah, lead yeah. and he held on, where this time round it was very, very different. But Dan's a, a great guy. I mean, I've actually not played golf with him. I've only seen him play golf. Well, what's that? Just a side note, what's insane now, when you actually look at the DP world and the, the leaderboard, when it flicks from one page to another, pretty much every time it does that, there's one person on there or two that we've either filmed with or we've had on the channel or the podcast. And if you remember, the guy who won qualifying that year was Xander Lombard. Yeah. And he came second. Wow. So, like, those guys who we'd filmed in Lumina 2018, we, we didn't feature Xander, but he won the qualifying that time. These guys are, you know, they're the new wave of incredible golfers. Well, that's, the main news is Dan went on to obviously to win the tournament and, and, and that's great. Obviously, it's two European Tour wins for him or DP World Tour, should we now say. But the way he went about winning was absolutely insane. So, <laughs> The guy that who was the guy that ended up coming second? Bjorn. Bjorn. He he ended up bogeying the last of par five, which meant that on the on the eighteenth tee, Dan essentially had, had um, a three shot lead, so he could double bogey the last to win. It was pretty evident that he hadn't at this point spoke to his caddy or looked at the actual scoreboards because the way he went about playing the last hole was bizarre. Um, I'll let you elaborate on well, it's this. A, it's a par five. There's water all the way down the right hand side of the hole, pretty much from tee to green. There's out of bounds left and. Dan's been hitting his driver brilliant all day. Paradigm. However, he, he's been putting unbelievable all day. Like, I think he set a record for, I think he had something like 94 putts in a 72-hole tournament. Wait, say that again. He had 94 putts in total yeah. in a 72-hole tournament. So it sounds obvious. If you two-putted every hole, that'll be 144 putts. Oh, my gosh. It was it was below 100 anyway. I'm pretty sure it was, 90, it was 94 or 95. So, <clears throat> stood in that tee, he's been hitting driver great all day, and there's no reason why he shouldn't hit driver. I still think, I would still say he should hit driver off that tee. Mm -hmm. He hits driver, and a very nervy Dan Gavins hit this kind of pushy fade, and it went straight in the water. I'm yeah. sure many people have probably watched this. He had to re-tee, because his crossing point was straight off the tee. He hits three off the tee, he stood in the middle of the fairway, hitting his that four shot. That tee shot bombed, by the way, second attempt. ripped it. It's easy that second time. Second, uh, four shot into the green. He still thinks right now he's got to make bogey at worst because I, I don't think he realises the guy in front's made bogey. Now, this is something I want to pick your brains on. Obviously, you know, you've played at a better stand than I have, um, slightly. I'm joking. Um, 
you do hear about golfers. Some have different approaches. Some guys want to play on the golf course and abs- and, and have no idea of how other people are doing and want to play their own game. And I get that. But surely, when you're leading a tournament coming on the last hole, it wasn't the last group having said that, but the group behind him weren't massively in contention. But when you're coming down the stretch, surely, you know, with a par five, like with water and danger, we saw Rory, obviously, very well. Uh, he was very clever in how he tackled the 18th Dubai last week, the way he played it. The way he played it with this second shot, he hit this third wood and ended up putting it in the water. That surely has to be the totally yeah. the wrong play. You know, going back to when I was in America and played Bay Hill, there's massive, large leaderboards everywhere like up now because the tournament's in a few weeks you could not stand on the tee and not know where you are in a tournament maybe in dp world tour certainly that event there might not be as many leaderboards dotted about but even the commentators were saying surely you'd ask that even the cameraman yeah. like there's the cameraman there what did he make up at the up in front of me like what do i need to do to win he went aggressive he hit three wood into the water for his fourth shot he then takes a drop for five hits it onto the green for six this is a par five and, but it wasn't a great shot. It's no. 28, 28 feet. And then he sinks this incredible double bogey putt for a seven on the final hole, which I'd actually love to get some stats on how many players have won with a double bogey down the last. Oh. I remember Scotty Scheffler did it in the Masters last year yes. when he four-putted. I bet there's not many people who have double bogeyed the last and lost two balls and still won a tournament. No, I was so... Obviously, I don't really know Dan. He might not even remember me to me, but we, we've met and he was a nice enough lad. I thought that three-wood shot was, was a peculiar one. You would think, in principle, his caddy would have said, hit an iron down there, then hit onto the green, take two puts, make your double bogey worst case, and you've won the tournament. He went three-wood, and then he obviously chipped it on, not great. I was really, really, really rooting for him to hold that putt because to see if he'd have missed that, and then got into a playoff, maybe lost. It would have been heartbreaking. It would have been kind of Jean Van Der It, it could have ended his career. Like, yeah. you don't know, do you know what I mean? Those scars are hard And what's insane past. is, I think actually, and I mean, again, I'm not nowhere near a sports psychologist, and I'm kind of guessing when I say this, but in a bizarre way, going from, like you said, ending his career, although he's already got a great career already, now that could go on to really, really make his career because he's felt those nerves. He's felt that, oh my God, what have I done here? He's then hold the put and had massive, massive bottle to do so. There must be some good feeling now knowing that when times get tough and times get hard, he's got the balls to, to actually pull it out of the bag and do yeah. it, which he did. So super kudos to him. Well, I texted him last night saying, congratulations, pal. He's put, thank you, Rick. I've put, enjoy the celebrations. Yeah. Because I reckon he got smashed last night. Yeah, you know what's crazy, though? And and, and taking nothing away from Dan, because that was a great win. And I said, I'm, I'm, it's so great to see your youngish, you know, I think he's about, my, about 30 my age, you know, English lads doing well on tour. It's brilliant. But it was kind of... My wife kind of saw me watching. She was kind of half watching it. And um, obviously the week before we'd been watching Rory. It was the Monday that Rory won. But over the weekend we'd watch Rory. And I was trying to explain to her how this is the same tour, but yet very different levels of events in terms of prize money, in terms of golf course, in terms of prestige. And uh, randomly off topic a little bit here, but it, it does kind of give you some... Some of the reasons why Live is a thing and they're trying to claim that, you know, the DP World Tour and the PJ Tour are a bit faulty. It is weird, isn't it, how one week on the DP World Tour you've got a massive event and the next week it's a much lower-ranked event. I suppose it's... I mean, I've got really back into my football again. It's a little bit like the the Man United... Um, sorry, the, the Man City Spurs match yesterday was a massive match. Yet the other match, which I think was Forest-Leeds, wasn't, wasn't that big that, a match at true, all. That's true, but even though there's... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Premier League matches. It's very true, but if you're a Man City fan and one week you've got Nottingham Forest, one week you've got Man United, one's a bigger match than other in terms of feeling, but everyone's worth three points yeah, and true. they all add up at the end of the season. Yeah. Whereas like a DP World event, obviously nothing can take you away from winning a DP World event. It's such an amazing feat. But it's just bizarre how like the season's panned That's out, true. isn't it? And but the money's so different as well. But, but having said that, it's a separate angle on that, it's great to see these events where the, some of the lesser-known pros go on and do well or go on win, and that can set their career for life. And who knows, hopefully Dan Gavins goes on to have an amazing season and might do well in the Open or whatever. That'd be really good to see. Um, speaking now a little bit on the, the tour there and kind of live and, and um, a bit of a segue onto kind of the main point of today's podcast... Some massive, massive news around Bryson DeChambeau, Cobra, and TaylorMade Golf. So, many people listening, I'm sure, whether you're an equipment nerd or you're not, will be fully aware of two things. Firstly, Bryson DeChambeau is very finicky with the equipment. It takes a lot for him to change equipment. He's very fussy with what he uses. He's famous for having um, one-length irons. He's now famous for being an absolute bomber of the golf ball. And he's also very well known as being a Cobra Puma athlete. So a number of years ago, uh, Bryson signed with Cobra and things were looking rosy. Um, they developed him a one-length set of irons that they've since brought to the market. And from conversations I've had with Cobra um, reps and from retail staff, one-length irons don't sell loads and loads of sets, but they sell. Certainly in the kind of more forgiving irons. And for me, one-length kind of does make a sense, make sense because... If you're new to the game of golf and you can have all your irons the same length as a seven iron, kind of works to some degree. Yeah. There are some issues with it as well, but that's one thing. But yeah, you will be aware that Bryson is a, is a Cobra Puma athlete. Well, this week, um, Bryson teed up at the Saudi International, which is an Asian tour event, kind of sanctioned with obviously Liv, which is why he was there. And he was spotted, well, not spotted, he was playing the full forward. Uh, I don't know if he made the cut, actually, but he was playing. Yeah, I don't think he cut. made the cut. He got two, seven over for the two days, so it wasn't great. However, the talking point wasn't really his golf. It was the fact that he was using a tailor-made Stealth 2 Plus driver. 
which was insane. We had Bryce on the podcast about just over a year ago now, yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, but it was. I bet it was almost exactly a year ago. Which was just as around the LTDX driver was coming out. And actually at the time, Bryson was bigging up the following drivers. He was bigging up the Eurojet, which is just coming out now. There was rumours, and I think he said himself, that he'd worked with the R&D team to give some of his thoughts, his feedback, his kind of long drive, swing mechanics going into this driver, blah, blah, blah. He's ditched it, and he's gone to the tailor-made. Now, the, the word on the, the word from uh, Cobra, they have reached out, and they have said the following. Reached out to us? Yeah, I asked for a quote. <laughs> they have came back with a very corporate quote. Uh, let me just find it once. I want to get it word for word. Um, bear with me. Bryson is not currently un- currently under contract with Cobra or Puma. His contract was up at the end of 2022, and discussions are ongoing. Okay, So a few things I want to pick up on this before we really get into the, the, the kind of nitty-gritty of it. This was on Thursday this all came out. On Thursday, I checked Cobra's website. He was on there as a player. So you go on their website, there's like a tour section. You have Ricky Fowler, etc., Lexi Thompson, etc., and the reason I'd know he was definitely on those because underneath the pit, the person's picture says the tour. So it said Ricky Fowler, PJ Tour, Lexi Thompson, LPGA, Bryson DeChambeau, Live. I remember thinking, oh, that's you know one of the first times I've seen that that a, a brand is ad- advertising the yeah. player plays in the Live Tour. As of today, or whenever I checked today, he's not on there anymore. Okay, so it seems strange that he's used this driver and gone. But basically, it's looking like you know he's, he's either ongoing with talks with them, which is hard to come back from because if he does re-sign with Cobra and then comes back into a Cobra driver. It's going to look a bit strange, isn't it, that he was using a tailor-made driver. What does this mean for Bryson? What does this mean for Cobra? I'm sure tailor-made are very happy that, that he's decided to use it. But, you know, kind of more on this, going a little bit deeper into the point to kind of unpack all of this. The rumours were that Bryson signed um, for Live Golf for around $125 million, right? A lot of money. I don't know what Cobra Puma were paying him a year, but it'd be a few million. If he's getting paid two, three, four, five million a year off Cobra Puma, it's really a drop in the ocean when you've got 125 million in the bank. Is he taking the decision to say, you know what, I only use the golf clubs that I honestly believe are the best in the world, the best in class. If he thinks that the best in class is a tailor-made stealth two driver and he wants to use it, so be it. Um, what does this mean for one length irons? You know, if he moves away from Cobra, are Cobra still going to make one length irons? Who knows? Um and does this also mean, I've seen this before, but certainly for Live Guys now, is it the end of being sponsored? Is it a case of, you know what, Taylor made Cobra, Puma, whoever, you keep your two million quid a year, I'll play the clubs that are best for my game. Unpack you've, it. You've really thought about this, haven't I have, you? Of course I have. <laughs> um, I've got a few. I've got a conspiracy first. Okay. Okay. It was good. I believe the reason why Bryson isn't using the Cobra driver is he watched my review on it. <laughs> and you're going to say this. And realised... Yeah, we should have put three weights in. Yeah. That's the simple End of answer. podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs> um, uh, no, it, it is very, very interesting. It came as a shock. Um, I think there's one thing that is very, very clear, and I think this will become much more evident this year and certainly rolling into, well, I think it will be this year. A lot of the live players are now <clears throat> non-apparel branded. Mm-hmm. So Henrik Stenson doesn't look like he's with uh, Hugo Boss anymore. Um, Ian Poulter has been seen wearing his old IJP yeah. clothing line. Um, obviously, Bryson with Puma. A lot of them are now moving away from their apparel brands because they're going to be effectively in a few weeks' time or whenever it's going to be, they're going to be starting to wear uniforms yeah. for their teams. So Smashers Golf Club and 
Niblix and all this will have a team outfit. Yeah. And I suppose there becomes a conflict of, of contracts. I'm sure a lot of these players would have had in their contract, the only time that they can be seen not in their apparel line is when they're playing Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the other time, if you're a Nike player, you've got to be wearing Nike everything, yeah. as Puma and everything else. So I think possibly a lot of that has started to come from this. I think when negotiations started to take place, and I don't think anyone's naive enough to think, if 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 Cobra Puma knew that Bryson's contract was ending December 2022, those renegotiation contract talks happen six months earlier. Yeah, I agree. Well, we know that's a fact, but also it's, it's strange that, you know, that a nice clean comment for them would be, you know, we have ended the part ways with Bryce, we've had a great three, four, five years with him, you know, whatever, blah, blah. But the fact they've actually used in their statement discussions ongoing, that's quite strange because that makes me think that they actually must be ongoing because why would you say that if they weren't? I, I would imagine there's going to be a, I reckon he'll continue with Cobra. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably maybe negotiating for better terms, more money, whatever it may be. But I don't think the Puma contract will continue. But there can't be much, com- you know, I know there's arguments that people don't care what tour pros use to get that, but it's hard for Cobra to come back from that, that as soon as the contract has ended, even if it's only for a month or two before he goes back with them, if that's not, if that's the option, he can't then go back into a Cobra driver now, surely, when he's, obviously when he's not in contract, know, he wants to use stealth. You could, you could easily spin that as a bit of a, I was just experimenting, I've been with Cobra yeah. for a few years, I wanted to try a different driver in competition. Wasn't as good. I think you can spin it. Yeah, I okay. think if he was to negotiate back with Cobra, they could easily brush over the fact he had a tailor-made driver in the bag and just kind of go, yeah, it was a bit of an experiment. Mm-hmm. As you can see from my result, it didn't work. Yeah, it missed the cut. <laughs> Therefore, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the light, and I've decided to obviously move back into my partnership with Cobra. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if they renegotiated. If they don't come to terms and don't sign <clears throat> the one point you mentioned there which i think would be a really interesting point to follow is how long does one irons one length irons last with cobra yeah th- this is something that i think we- we've had this chat before i don't know if we've done this on the podcast but but if you're not aware i'm sure people are we just briefly introduced it before but one length irons from from uh, some brands do them but mostly you're gonna find cobra do them literally every iron is the length of a seven iron now, the benefit of that is that it allows you to essentially build one posture, one swing. You stand the same distance away from the ball every time, etc. The downside to them, however, we find you found this yourself from testing and from lessons, is that if you're a, an amateur golfer and you've got your five iron or your four iron, and it's only the length of a seven iron, it can be quite hard to generate speed, which can therefore be quite ge- hard to generate height with the golf shot. And, and also on the flip side, if you've got a pitching wedge that's the length of a seven iron, you're going to have quite a lot of club head speed. You often see them go quite high. Yeah. So Cobra over years have tried to really work around this. And I think they have made them a bit better year on year. But yeah, they should be in theory better for most new golfers. However, we also know most new golfers don't go out and buy a set of brand new irons. You get some off your friend or you get some off eBay or golf bidder or you buy cheap, whatever, some cheaper clubs. If you get used to uh, variable length irons, it's then very hard to switch into one length irons, isn't it? So... I don't know how well they have done. I think Cobra was say 20% of the sales of certain sets come in one length. So that's something. I think Cobra in a tricky spot as well because they're probably thinking, well, if we lose Bryson, we're now starting to get very thin on the ground because they designed Gary Woodland recently. Yeah, so when you go on um, the Cobra Golf website, and it's something else I want to come on to as that's well. someone's chair? I think it's Sam's chair. <laughs> so if you go on their website, they've got Ricky Fowler. Yeah. You know, absolute great name. He's... Bit of form recently. He's been on your channel. You almost can't imagine him not in Cobra Puma. Yeah. They've got Lexi Thompson. Goes on saying, legend. Brilliant. They've now got Gary Woodland. They've got Jason Duffner. They've got Ewan Ferguson of the DP World Tour. 
Uh, they've got Beef Johnson, who's coming back to fitness. Um, so they've got a handful of names. They've also got Kyle Berkshire, long drive champion. I must admit, and this is no disrespect to the lineup they've got, apart from a handful of those people, when you think of Cobra Puma and what they want to come across as, it's quite a cool brand, quite a young brand, lots of energy, you know, similar to kind of Nike in that regard. You look at their lineup, and I'll be honest, I'm not massively feeling super enthused by that in that sense. If that does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so you they do need some. They do need. They some need young some blood, young blood, exactly. Um, and that's what you know. Bryson was great for. But a side note on that, we discussed last week again, quite equipment heavy. How Rory was only using the, the the Stealth One driver, if you like, not the Stealth Two. And we had a lot of great comments in our Facebook group. If you're not a member, join it. Rick Shields Golf Show podcast on Facebook. Um, and a lot of people were having different opinions on this. And one thing that stood out to me, which just makes sense, is somebody said like, um, sort of the lines of. I do really don't care what the tour pros use at all, right? And to some degree, I agree with that. And I said to you, when I used to work for Nike and fit golfers into the Nike driver, and at the time we had Rory using it, they had Tag using it, it didn't always sell off the back of it. You can't, you don't get two bigger needle movers than them two. No, exactly. However, flipping that again, there's something about golf brands being used on the DP World Tour, on the on the Euro, on the uh, PGA Tour, I'm now on Live to some degree that really gives a brand credibility. Now, if you think about it, there's brands that are like Tour Edge that you see in American golf now, or Ben Ross, or these, you know, Wilson even. I'm not, maybe they don't quite fit in that category. But brands that, let's be honest, aren't quite as desirable. They're not quite as sexy. You can guarantee, though, if next year, this would never happen, but Rory McIlroy signs to Tour Edge, okay? You might not go out and rush to buy the driver because Rory uses it. But I can guarantee that next time you want a driver, that might help to bring Torres into the conversation. Yeah, like it did with Nike. Like it did with Nike, exactly. So it works but kind of a couple of ways. It's total usage. It doesn't mean that now everyone's going to dump the Cobra driver and go and buy Stealth. But there's a reason why these brands pay an absolute fortune for players, and certainly the elite players. It definitely, definitely helps to legitimise your brand. So very intrigued to see where Cobra go with this. Some good news for Cobra, though is that there was sightings again this week of um, Justin Rose using their new irons, and I guess he's not an athlete, so he's using them off his own back, which again makes the product must be really good. If Justin Rose wants to use them, he's not getting paid. So that's interesting. Well, currently, as we're recording this podcast, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am hasn't finished, and Justin Rose is leading by two. It's rolling over to a Monday finish. So if he wins, again, it's a <clears throat> they can't shout about that, Cobra, so much because he's not a paid athlete, but people, people in the know will know. Um, it is interesting. And that's something I think I definitely am more interested in what pros are using when it's not something they're paid to use. So like with Rory at the moment using Vokey wedges, that all makes me think, well, that means Vokey must be the best. Do you know what I mean? It almost flips it for me. It almost makes me think Taylor Med wedges aren't that good. Yeah. Well, there you go. Because if, if he has literally got access, he can make... If he said to TaylorMade, I don't like these wedges for whatever reason, I don't like the look, I don't like the shape, and I don't like how much they spin, TaylorMade will do everything in their power yeah. to make that work, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yet, they obviously, uh, currently, they can't. It's very interesting. Are you going to come on to some Facebook questions? Just I, want, I want to come on to one more bit first before the Facebook questions. It's Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Swilkin Bridge. Yes. Bridgegate. If you've not seen what's happened to the Swilkin Bridge, it's going to be on the screen now, the video podcast. Um, if you're listening in the car, you'll, you've probably seen it or Google it, but elaborate. <laughs> Swilkin Bridge. 
is one of the most famous bridges in golf. The the, the most. The thing. most famous. Every living legend has walked over that bridge. Your Rick Shields, your Peter Finch, your Guy Charnock, Harry Brodies. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally, when I finished, I mean, one of genuinely one of the most magical moments last year when I finished my walk 150 when I walked across Scotland and I finished at the Swilkin Bridge we put these balloons over the top of the bridge um, and and we had a few drinks and a few pictures and there was fans and everything and I loved it but I remember sitting back after most of the kind of crowd had kind of gone home my kids running over the yeah. bridge like chasing each other they made a little friend a little Scottish friend and they're running over the bridge and I, I genuinely looked at it like I mean this is history and it's a it's just a bridge it's a public bridge but it's like it's so every like the famous picture recently of Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods mm. stood on that bridge at the open. You think it's amazing. Well, th- that's it, and and we're going to come on to they've obviously done some work to it, and which we'll come on to why it's pretty obvious why. But this, for me, you've just hit the nail on the head. There was three reasons why I made a note of this before of why that bridge to me is so iconic. So firstly, it's been there for so so Do we so long. Know how long? I don't know. I must have probably should have googled it before this podcast. I haven't done. You can have a look. Let's now. have a quick look. It's been there for a long time. To the point where you see images of it and like the St. Andrew's backdrop just looks totally, totally different because it's been there for that long. So that's one reason it's got so much kind of heritage and history. Secondly, as you alluded to then, every golfer, basically ever, who's you know been a, a legend of the game has walked over that oh bridge. God. Come on, what's the year? Originally built at least 700 years ago. Oh gosh. So there you have it. It's been there for about 700 years. Every legend hell? of the game has has walked over that bridge. Jack Nicklaus obviously finished professional golf and stuff over that over that bridge. Like Tom Watson, when he finished the Open in 2005, he, he got photographed kissing the bridge. It's where uh, Jack Nicklaus signed off when he when he finished yeah. his Open. It was where was a lot of players expected Tiger Woods to yes. sign off in in for the 150th, which he didn't. But that's where he will 100. He will be on that bridge in five years time or 10 years' time, or whatever it is, when he decides that's it, there will be pictures of him on that bridge signed, waving the golfing world away. And if you're ever lucky enough to go to the old course, and pl- or even St Andrews itself, or certainly play the old course, you almost can't play that hole without getting a picture, which is what we're going to lead on to in a moment. You know what I love, though, as well? You don't even have to be playing the golf course. Yeah, on a Sunday, you walk on. You know. most, most times, to be honest. Yeah, you just walk on, get your picture. Like, it's so, there's, no, there's no, like... If that was in America, and no disrespect to America, but you'd have... You'd have um, uh, like a, a kiosk, mm-hmm. and they'd be charging for it, and you'd have your picture done professional, and you'd be paying for to have your picture on a key ring, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred like percent. There'd be there'd be a queue, but that's not St Andrews. It's just this lovely little bridge that's been there for seven hundred years, where many times you can be stood there on your own for ten minutes stood on that bridge. And that leads me to the last point of why I love it. You've actually said the word there. It sounds bizarre, this, but when you see it in real life for the first time, it's actually really small. <laughs> it is very cold in Scotland. Hey. <laughs> no, but, 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 but. <laughs> yeah, okay. But what I mean by that is so many things in life that are almost wonders of the world or are really iconic are big things, aren't they? So like the uh, Egyptian pyramids. The pyramids. The, the um, Great Wall Golden Great. Golden Gate Bridge, the Burj Khalifa, these iconic things are a large Buckingham Palace, whatever, Tower of London, all these different things. There's something about the Swilkin Bridge that is so iconic, but yet it kind of feels like somewhat, it's strong, but yet vulnerable. It's just there. It's not big. It's not boastful. It's just there. It's just perfect. Oh, this is cute. No, I love it. It's cute little but chat. what they've now done to it is basically put like a garden patio on the front <laughs> and the back of it. 
And the reason is... Is it Andrew, not just the front? I think it's the back as well. Oh, my goodness. St. Andrew's Links Trust have come out, obviously, after all the criticism over the weekend. And everybody listening and watching probably got an opinion. Or you might not have an opinion. You might not care. But they have simply said it's because the amount of traffic they get. So, obviously, you've said everyone that plays there walks over it. You almost have to. We've seen that picture from November. Yeah. So, we'll put that one in the podcast. I'll just save that for Harry. Um... That's how it can, so it can get destroyed. The front and the back of the bridge gets obviously very burnt out. All the footprints, thousands of probably millions of footprints going over it and over and over it. So they're thinking that this will obviously give them, it will, will stop that happening essentially. So it, it kind of, to some degree, I understand it. And I also believe it's not yet finished. So when it's finished, it might somehow grow on us. It might look different. But right now, you have to say, it feels like it really has ruined an iconic landmark. This is a bridge you're talking about, <laughs> but it, it has. I feel really, really, really sorry for St. Andrews and the Lynx Trust. <clears throat> this isn't obviously their intention. No. To cause such bridge gate. Like, <laughs> it wasn't, this wasn't their intention. No. They, for many of the things they've done in the world of golf, they don't really do a great deal wrong, in my opinion. Like, <clears throat> you know, these are the guys who, you know, the 150th Open... It was bloody perfect. Insane. Now, they've obviously had talks and meetings and, and they've tried things in the past. They've actually tried artificial grass yeah, yeah. in the past. Now, this, and, and again, this is where I genuinely do feel sorry for him. I mean, the, you know, the committee, I'm sure, are probably scrambling around having meetings or the poor guy who built it or the team that built it. I feel really bad for him because they, were, they had the best interest at heart, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They wanted to pre- preserve the longevity and to keep it looking amazing all the time so i do feel bad like <clears throat> and I th- it's not right i'm sure they probably admit that maybe they could have improved it i mean i think they're making a kind of mountain out of a molehill the press because at the end of the day if it really doesn't work rip it all back up and and turf it again it's not like as if they've they've really they've not changed the bridge do you get what i mean mm-hmm. it's not like they've really like done anything long-lasting effect to the bridge so I don't see a massive deal about it. If if they turn out and go, actually, guys, really sorry, that wasn't quite what we intended to do. We're going to try something else. Fair dues. So at the moment, I don't like it, and I'm sure that's the majority of people listening and watching. But I do think there will be a time where they'll be like, yeah, maybe we'll pivot and do something different. So I, I don't see it being a long-lasting thing. I do feel really, really sorry for St. Andrews and the Lynx Trust. Like, we know a lot of the guys up there, but wasn't their intention to do something that would offend people is it do you know what i mean no i think it's it's kind of it's testament to what they have created in st andrews that they've done something and although it's negative feedback it's because people care so much yeah so it's i don't think with this it's people being awkward for the sake of being awkward like when a brand changes its logo and people go oh, it's not as good just to be awkward and be a pain i think it's that people that, uh, uh, that do feel so strongly about it feel so strongly about it because they love st andrews they love the history they love the heritage so it's almost like they curse so much but you're right. I do feel guilt. I do feel not guilty. I do feel harsh on St Andrews Links Trust that they won't want. They would probably rather not do it, obviously. But if there's if there's issues there with with the land, I mean, the only thing is though, although it's obviously one of the most photographed places in Scotland, I imagine. So it has to look good. But at the same time, there's no golf gets played there. So could they not just have a bit of land that is just worn out? Would that be so bad? I don't know. But I think potentially the artificial grass option would be. Yeah explore that again but again i don't feel too strongly about it because let's say a brand changed the logo whatever it may be and people hated it it's almost changing it might you can't do mm. you've almost gone down that route this can be changed i don't i don't the see only one i can think of deal. like that was harry will know this better than me but when was it leeds united changed the badge 
Leeds United had tried to change the badge and it was like really didn't get a good feedback so they went back to the old one. Oh, really? Um, well, that, that might be a wrong No, no, example, but, you, no but, but you're right. And also things grow on you over time. Like yeah. when a brand does change a logo, you start to get used to it more over time and you know, oh, yeah, actually it does look better because often these things are designed to be more future-proofed. Yeah. And that, I, I even understand the shaping of it. Yeah. Because like it doesn't, people say, yeah, but it's not symmetrical. Well, it's not. But when you've been there and you want the best picture... Like that is actually where mm. you need to stand. You do actually need to stand on that slight angle. And they've extended that to make sure that not only the people walking up to the bridge you're going to preserve, but the people, the person taking a picture is going to be stood in that kind of... T- um, oh, we're seeing the content. Well, it is. It's true, it? it's true. The person taking the picture will be we'll stood stop, there. Yeah, you're I right. mean, they should have put a cross and take a picture <laughs> here. But like, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him. I don't think it's going to be forever. If it is, it's going to grow on us. It's going to look better. I have full trust that they'll work it out. The way you speak so balanced and thoughtful, I think you could be a member of the RNA one day. That was all just to become a member of the RNA. I don't believe anybody said. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, everyone that keeps slagging them off, I'm like, well, they're not in. They're not in. They're not in. You'll see the opening in five years. Rick's in the RNA close to the smoking, a massive cigar and a smoking jacket. That. I'm like, Rick, how did you become a member of the RNA? You go, well, remember when they changed the bridge? Everyone slagged it off. I said, it looked all right, me. <laughs> I, like I say, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it'll it'll they'll they'll sort it. I full trust. That was so, a good episode. Are we, got, are we running through a few questions oh, yeah. for the podcast? So yeah, Golly one thing gosh. we did ask for, and I sometimes feel guilty about this. We we ask in the podcast group for questions, um, and there was loads of questions. So thank you so much for everyone asking. If we don't read yours out, please keep trying because we will get through as many as we can in the coming weeks and months. Marcus Jack, any plans for a trip to Australia? Some of the best course in the world, but everyone forgets us. Oh. Nobody forgets you. Um, I went seven years ago and loved it. There's definitely plans on coming back again. When? Not sure. We get a, a lot, actually. It's a long way, in it? Yeah, we get a lot of people asking, certainly they might DM me or the podcast or email saying, I'll oh, come to Ireland or come to this place or come to wherever. And it's not that we've got anything against these places. It's just that making it happen. But there's plans to do a lot more filming trips. So yeah, who knows? I think, I think more filming trips and certainly going further afield is, is definitely not the agenda. Um, <clears throat> Lewis Parks. If TaylorMade offered Rick twenty pound, okay, and the chance to play around with Tiger Woods, would he sign a deal with them? Yep. Next, <laughs> call it twenty five, and you've got a deal. <laughs> I'll pay them. Tw- I'll pay them twenty quid. Um, uh, the the str- Oh, that's a, t- a Mark Simpson. Strong lofted irons. Discuss. You know what? I've kind of changed my opinion on strong lofted irons. I used to give them a real bad rap, but mm. I've seen more evidence that it can benefit golfers. Yeah. To some degree. Um, the, 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 who's <laughs> who's your favourite fictional golfer? Oh, okay. So like Happy Gilmore or something. Um, That's from Keith Dave Detona. Golfer. It's one of those things you'd say it now and then driving home later on. You think, oh, we should have said such a body. Happy Gilmore's got to be up there, I think, for what he's about. I really like, um, oh, God, Tin Cup guy. God, what's he called? That's going to annoy me. Tin Cup's really cool. Um, <clears throat> but I'd go Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Or Shooter McGavin. I'd go Happy Gilmore. I like Shooter. I think he got a bad rap. He was just competitive. Um, right, one last one. Um, wow, there's lots of questions. Um, should have better these earlier. A lot of people are asking about the new review channel. Well, that was just something actually last last thing to come on to. Um we we actually this this week just gone obviously on Friday, the break seventy five didn't come out, the Walsey version. Um good news, it's out this Friday, we can guarantee that. Uh if it's not, you can um 
can they do if it's not out? Well, it will be out. So there's no even what we're saying. Wallace, he's out this Friday. Oh yeah. Um, Wait, yeah, there was a lot of discussion on Friday that <clears throat> video. Why is there not a break seventy five? And you know, I tried to reply to as many as I could. And, and quite simply, there's a bottleneck currently taking place with content and yeah. editing, which we are looking to resolve. But also, it's been a development in the business because. Break 75 now. I mean, the Wallacey video that's coming out Friday is one hour, 20 minutes yeah. long. That takes a long time to edit. Yeah. We've got multiple cameras. We've got drones. We've got shot tracers. We've got multiple guests. So it's like, it's a big edit these days. I think one thing we don't want to do, and we're never going to say our videos are perfect. We're always looking to evolve them. And some people might love them. Some people might hate them. And you might find that error here and there or whatever it might be. But we really... Um, don't ever want to release a video now that we aren't really, really happy with. And I'll be honest with you, hands up, sometimes back in the day we would release videos that we didn't weren't perfect, but they were kind of good enough and people still enjoyed them and really liked them. But now we can't really do that. So if there's a, a week where we've promised a video and it's late, it's not that we can't be bothered. We're, trust me, we're more frustrated than everybody probably put together combined. We're really angry and frustrated. But we just can't release things unless they are as close to what we perceive as perfect as possible. You guys might, might not think they're perfect, but to us, they're not far off. So um, Friday's episode will be here. That's guaranteed. We've got loads more in the bank that obviously there's an amazing one the following week at Royal Liverpool where we, we play Hoy Lake in its real open conditions and um, the Claret Jug was there. We've touched on that before. That will be here that Friday. Obviously, the ones Rick touched on in America are all coming. We've got some other really, really exciting videos on the way. We've got some amazing ideas, if I say so myself. Um, so the channel's in a good place. The review channel will be coming soon. <laughs> that, that's your answer. That's, that's what you it's coming. You might hear some drilling and banging because something's being built. Stay tuned. It's actually just, just note on that though. Actually, when people do get annoyed and there's not a video coming, we feel a bit guilty, but it's also actually a really good sign. I know. If people are upset they're not coming, it means you enjoy them. I think the other thing as well, it's, it's almost credit to the style of videos that we do. I think, you know... There's still get times where we'll go to a golf course and let's say film a break 75 and you might bump into a fan and go, oh, is this out tomorrow? Yeah. Because they've got that kind of element of... of Rawness, it, realness. Yeah. It, obviously, we really pride ourselves on the on the production. We want to make it look as good as possible, but I still want the viewer to kind of feel like they're just part of a video. Mm. Like they're, they're, yeah, yeah. They're almost playing golf with us or, play, yeah. you know, traveling the world so it's a, it's a real nice point to be into um but we are we are looking to increase the amount of content we've got more ideas than ever before um and we will get to a point where we're releasing much more uh, regularly so hopefully you're going to be excited about that um but like i say we are doing our best to get everything up and running can i ask you one capacity. last question before we turn the podcast of off how are you enjoying your prime energy brought to you by logan paul and ksi well i finished it oh wow wow that was good i feel energized yeah refreshed carbonated yeah through the burping and uh electrolyzed and if um so for example if ksi and logan paul don't reach out this next week and well, offer a sponsorship they obviously watch the youtube they obviously watch the podcast of course they do but if, if for some, any reason they decide they don't want to sponsor us but then like red bull got in touch or monster got in touch would you then say they were the best energy drink you've ever had could you be bored is what i'm saying Yes. <laughs> so, KSI and Logan Paul would like to be You've sponsored. You've got a weak opportunity. Um, if they don't come on board, Red Bull, hello. Uh, if they don't come on board, Monster, hey. Uh, if they don't come on board, Carabao, you're my favourite. Um, Tyson Fury, nah, leave your energy drink. You look crap. <laughs> Sorry, Tyson. Or uh, next week's episode might be sponsored by Tap Water. Yeah, probably. Guys, thanks for watching, listening. Make sure you subscribe. We're fast, fast growing this channel.
Nearly quarter of a million. million. <laughs> quarter of a million subscribers. Thank you so much. Thanks for everyone's support. Loads of videos coming your way soon. And uh, thanks, it. That's it. Done. Prime. Prime. <laughs> <laughs> You're primed. I've got Scotty Cameron out of it. It's not bad, this, is it? Good episode. <laughs> See Bye. you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.